This is Unfiltered, episode 84 for February 5th, 2014. This is CNN Breaking News. Good evening, everyone. I'm Aaron Burnett, and we begin out front tonight with the breaking news. A top U.S. counterterrorism official tonight says there are, quote, specific threats aimed at the Olympics, which are just three days away. The U.S. tonight tracking the threats, racing against time to stop any terrorist attacks. U.S. warships and airplanes are moving into final position, ready to respond. President Obama was briefed on the situation today, and his team says that they are, quote, taking all appropriate steps regarding the safety of Americans. Coming up on this week's episode of Unfiltered, the winter propaganda games are in full force, ramping up before the actual games begin, and the media is working in hand with egomaniac politicians. They'd have you believe the Olympics are taking place in the middle of a war zone. Then the GCHQ, the NSA, and the Canadian spy agency spend some time in the light this week as new revelations come out. We'll bring you up to date. Plus an update from across the pond, our follow-up, and much, much more on this week's episode of Unfiltered. Welcome to Unfilter, episode 84 of Jupiter Broadcasting's weekly show that's distracting you from all of that TV you shouldn't be watching. My name is Chris, and joining me every single week is the always excellent Mr. Chase. You got the winter fever, buddy? Grab the rocks, throw the stones, it's time to watch some curling. It's time for the Olympics. Wow, I don't even really care about the Olympics that much, but oh. I'm getting excited because you're so excited. You don't, Do you ever watch Olympic curling, Chris? I, I think this is going to be I, the first time I ever have you, this year. You're going to. <laughs> I think to. I'm going to have to. You, you, you and I are going to watch it. The, <laughs> the Swedes, by the way, man, they know how to dress. They're going all oh, out yeah? in these like blingy uniforms for curling. Wow. Oh, man, it's so going to be great. You, Hockey Do you like the Winter awesome. Olympics more than the Summer Olympics? I, I say I do. I really, really do. I mean, I like... Uh, there's a lot more winter sports that I, I, I engage with. I love ice hockey. I think, you know, ice hockey, that's the ultimate tournament, right? To get the gold medal. Yeah. Um, yeah. And uh, also, Bring that home. Also, curling's great. Uh, freestyle skiing and snowboarding. Hmm. It's going to be awesome. Well, you know, I watch awesome. all of the news feeds that I possibly can for this show, and I'll tell you, one thing that has been the big topic this week is terror th- terror alerts at the uh, Winter Olympics, the security situation at the Winter Olympics, explosive this, explosive that at the Winter Olympics. So we're going to talk a little bit about that because I think it's been interesting. One of, the, one of the trends we've noticed over the 86 episodes of this show is how when events like this are, are at play, when there's a lot of other political underpinning things going on, like Snowden and the situation in Syria, it's interesting to see how the media just... So comes together on, yeah. on their message against yep. something. Yep. So we're going to get into that. I think it'll be a good, uh, interesting little uh, dive into that world. But first, 
I want to start out this week with some of the NSA stuff that came out. And uh, I don't know if you knew this, Chase, but we got a whole new name problem that's coming up for the show. What? Yeah. So we got a new guy who's going to be running the NSA, and his name is Michael Rogers. Oh, wait. Not the guy that I need to not, hate. Not Mike Rogers. The guy that <laughs> the, the guy that we all hate. No, not right. Mike Rogers. Not that guy. No, a new Michael Rogers. So we got to keep this straight. We got to make it. We got to try to make a pack on the Unfilter show to try to keep Mike Rogers and Michael Rogers straight. Maybe we can say like one's Spook Rogers oh, and geez. one is like Sellout Rogers. Wait, I can't <laughs> tell you which one's which. And we begin tonight with the news that the Obama administration has decided on the next head of the National Security Agency. The Department of Defense has announced that Navy Vice Admiral Michael Rogers will take the place of General Keith Alexander. Last year, Alexander announced he would retire the spring of 2014. Admiral Rogers will command both the NSA and Cyber Command, the new Pentagon unit that directs the country's offensive cyber operations. Rogers is said to have more experience than his predecessor in code breaking and the design of America's new arsenal of cyber weapons. However, it remains to be seen how he will respond to the civil liberties issues that have engulfed the NSA he in won't. the past year. Now, of course, Rogers is no stranger to the cyber battlefield, my friend. Uh, he today runs the Navy's fleet of Cyber Command. He oversees a total force of approximately 15,000 sailors and civilians, <laughs> plus contractors, of which about 5,000 are specifically charged with giving the Navy the same kind of reach and flexibility in cyberspace that it has at sea. What about the big cyber scandal with uh, all the uh, sailors cheating on their nuclear tests and stuff? Where was he for that? <laughs> Is that considered cyber? I don't know. Uh, and uh, uh, I think it was Mashable had a four things you need to know about uh, NSA future NSA director Michael Rogers. The one that I grabbed number, uh, I think it was like number three or four. I can't remember. Uh, this is this is a quote from Michael Rogers back in uh, February of 2013. He says, The network must be treated as a weapon system as we continue the fight to maintain our advantage in cyberspace and thus across other four war-fighting domains, sea, air, land, and space. So uh, he was then dubbed the cyber uh, Cyberspace Warrior by Information Technology Magazine. That's who's going to be running the NSA now. now. Now, here's the thing, right? This guy, which bad choice of names. I, I mean, know, gosh, it's can but, we can we keep these guys straight? Jeez, but that's okay. We'll, we'll, we, we're you gonna know, have to come I, up with nicknames. The, 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 well, actually, the, the chat room had it. What about Admiral Rogers? He's okay, a, he's a vice admiral. All right, I mean, all right, we'll just kinda, go, that's good. I that, like that. That, that works. Okay. Vice admiral, admiral or just Rogers. Admiral, admiral, so, admiral Rogers. All right. Now, admiral, or <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry, I'm getting a Star Trek reference. Admiral, the the thing here is admiral. There'd be whales here. Sorry. Can you tell me where the nuclear vessels are? <laughs> this is unfiltered, not Star Trek. Right. Uh, but, you know, is his attitude, his defiant attitude going to, is he going to have a defiant attitude? That's what I mean. Yeah, I don't know. It, he seems his, to be pretty big on cyber as the future of military defense. That seems to be, there's well, an, I have a couple other quotes in the show know, notes. But, you know, we've agreed on this in the past. Like, yeah, we need to be vigilant as yeah. far as because, you know, we don't know what others are doing against us. That makes sense. Yeah. But at the same time, we cannot sacrifice our individual freedoms and liberties on this. Right. They cannot just have a blanket. This is the problem with just, cyber warfare. Yeah. Is the legitimate part of it is used to justify the squashing of civilian rights of rights. Yeah. And this is yeah. something in this episode this week. Uh, I, we we've been very U.S. focused. We usually are, but we've been especially so in the last couple of weeks. So this week, we're going to try to focus more on events going on in other spots of the world too, including Canada and uh, the U.K. Yeah, and so. Uh, 
This problem where to get a handle on your cyber warfare, on your cyber strategy, cyber. you got to spy on everybody. It also seems to afflict our, our polite friends to the north. Oh, to begin yeah. with a new revelation that has travelers passing through Canadian airports Don't use considering going offline. A document leaked by Edward Snowden was just released by CBC News in Canada, showing that Canada's electronic spy agency used information from the free internet service at a major Canadian airport to track the wireless devices of thousands of ordinary online passengers for days after they left the terminal. The operation by the Communications Security Establishment Canada, or CSEC, was revealed in a PowerPoint obtained by CBC News. The documents show that the agency collected metadata on individuals when they logged on the internet at an international airport and used that information to track the people for over two weeks. Cybersecurity experts in Canada said this is certainly unlawful. And before this news broke, CSEC chief John Forster sounded like he was in agreement. CSEC, under its legislation, cannot target Canadians anywhere in the world or anyone in Canada, including visitors to Canada. Yet, CBC analysts say these new documents show that airline passengers at a Canadian airport are clearly in Canada. The CSEC <laughs> issued a statement in response to the report saying that no Canadians or foreign travelers were tracked, no Canadian communications were or are targeted, collected, or used. I love their excuse, too. It's like, uh, uh, guys, 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 it's just metadata. <laughs> well, well, the other thing, too, is I, I don't know if you heard this. I, I was actually reading up on this story from the CBC. Yeah. Because, you know, I'm like... Almost, is this their first Snowden leak? Uh, I think so. And I'm like a wannabe... Are they can- buying it And now? I'm like a wannabe Canadian anyway, Did they right? buy it from Greenwell? They say, hey, no. how much will you sell us that PowerPoint no, slide no, for? No, no, it's just... How'd they it, get this? This was just a ca- just another leak. Just Dude, another- I, something's weird. People are... The Huffington Post got a Snowden leak. They're buying these things from Greenwell. I guarantee it. Well, you know, what we we ask, you know, how is a Snowden able to afford living in Russia? Well, here you go. Well, maybe so. No, um, what I was going to say is the CSEC, which uh-huh. really rolls off the tongue, yeah. uh, there's conflicting reports out of this. Yeah, yeah, there are, yeah. Because first off, they are saying, well, we would never do anything like this. We right. cannot confirm this report because right. we, we just don't know. We would never do anything like this. Right. And then there's another report saying that they did do it just to see if they could do it. Yeah, yeah. And then the other report was, well, we did it. But we don't really know how we and did it. And it was just metadata. Right. Yeah. That was the, that was one of the clips I, I left out is they had an official saying, well, look, it's just metadata. <laughs> it's like, wow. But you're right. There's all these different versions of it. It's very interesting. Yeah, yeah. Um, and I, I also... But it, but it goes to show that even if you're in one of the, the nicest and really cool countries in the world, like Canada, it doesn't mean that the government isn't doing stuff that you don't know about. Yeah. I mean, yeah. Uh, now uh, ISIS. We go over to uh, we go over to the GCHQ, of course. Uh, just buddy buddy with the NSA. That's the UK kids. Here's a, here's something that uh, surprised me. Turns out GCHQ threw down with Anonymous, like they went on the cyber offensive. The latest leaks from Edward Snowden show the British equivalent of the NSA launched cyber attacks on the online activist groups Anonymous and Lulzac. NBC News reports the GCHQ sabotaged anonymous chat rooms and planted software to reveal the identities of their participants. 
Watch out, chat room. Watch out. There could be. Are you going to engage us? There could be soon? a GCHQ op in their chat room. Watch out, man. To reveal the identities of their participants, Britain appears to be the first known Western government to launch cyber attacks for which groups like Anonymous have faced jail time. The GCHQ's operations also disrupted the web traffic and websites of political activists who had no connection to illegal hacking. Oh, so political activists then. Right. <laughs> Okay. That's how that works. Yeah, right, uh, so this is kind of a this kind of a lengthy clip. This next one, but there's so much good stuff in this one. So the House Intelligence Committee was meeting this week. Okay. Uh, our boy Mike Rogers, Mike Rogers, yeah, the, uh, the bad one, the bad one. Uh, he had he had some tough questions. Like, hey, here's an idea. Just floating this. Maybe we should be jailing these journalists that keep publishing these stuff. What do you guys think? The House Intelligence Committee took on the issue of worldwide threats to U.S. national security in a hearing today. And there was quite a long list of threats covered, including al-Qaeda militants in Syria, Iran's nuclear capabilities, and even threats of China shooting down space satellites. But with the Director of National Intelligence, James Clapper, on hand to testify, it was the so-called threat of Edward Snowden's NSA disclosures that stole the show and led to some hair-raising comments by members of Congress. It's Chairman Mike Rogers that has repeatedly made claims without evidence that Snowden is secretly working with the Russians. Now, remember these clips from last week? Yeah. Where he was like... Oh, yeah. And there was nothing to back up those claims. Right, he was right. just throwing out dirt. Yeah. So now here we are. We got a nice public committee where we can ask, let's get this on the record. Let's find out this evidence. And uh, here I'll play for Russians. But at today's hearing, the witnesses on hand refused to confirm that accusation. Oh. Do you believe that... Uh, there's any indication that the NSA contractor who's now in Moscow might be under the influence of Russian intelligence services? Chairman, I don't have any information to that uh, effect. Oh. Excuse me? I think you I think I, I think have he the, was a little shocked to hear that. Huh? I have yeah, I think he was too. And the look on his face, uh I, I so do I have this <laughs> excuse me? <laughs> I think I have this I have the file in the uh, supporters. Oh, that's brilliant, man. <laughs> yeah, that is good. <laughs> excuse me? And he, his jaw drops when he says it too. Um, oh man. I don't have the video version, but it is it is so classic. Nefarious Bread's got it, man. That's got to go to the soundboard. Ex- excuse me? Okay, all right. I'll clip it. I'll clip it. That is really good. All right, I'm going to play it again because it is so good. Chairman, I don't have any information to that uh, effect. Excuse me? <laughs> Later in the hearing, Congresswoman Jen Chikowsky asked for evidence of a Snowden-Russia connection. Meanwhile, afterwards, she, she was got told beat down that that in was best discussed in a classified hearing. Well, no, it's interesting because their second answer later on is like, well, we can tell you in classified hearing. She uh, was told that was best discussed in a classified hearing. <laughs> also during the hearing, Chairman Rogers suggested that journalists... You know what that means, by the way, Chris? In a classified hearing, that means not on the record. Yeah, exactly. Which means we don't want the public to really know. Right. I'm sorry. Uh, let me rephrase this. We don't want the public to really know the script yeah. that we're trying to dish out to the American people. So if we do it in a classified meeting, I can give you points of the script to know yeah. that this is just a part of the show. It seems uh, maybe that is true. Or maybe it's like just more like, well, we have evidence or signals or based on our monitoring of this, we have reason to believe. Based upon trace route traffic from it, Russia. I don't know. 
Yeah, I don't know. I mean that that's a pretty cynical view, Chase. That's a pretty cynical view. I know, but I mean this 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 is what happens when the government isn't forefront. And also, this also comes from the same government which we thought and we trusted that they would never snoop on us Americans. Right. And now they throw out these uh, NSL letters. Right. They go to the Pfizer right. courts to get rubber stamped. These are the right. same people. How can I not be cynical? Yeah, it's true. Also during the hearing, Chairman Rogers suggested that journalists who are handling the Snowden documents are breaking the law. Though he was unable to get the director of the FBI, James Comey, to agree with that assertion. So if I'm a newspaper reporter for fill in the blank, it's Rogers, and I sell stolen material, is that legal because I'm a newspaper reporter? Right. If you're a newspaper reporter and you're hawking stolen jewelry, it's still a crime. And if I'm hawking stolen classified material that I'm not legally in possession of for uh, personal gain and profit, is that not a crime? I think that's a harder question because it involves a news gathering function, could have First Amendment implications. That's something that probably uh, we better answered by the Department of Justice. The issue of targeted drone killings. So he up. was asking you, can we? Yeah. He was trying to set it up to to get the his answer hammered home. That's a harder question. Because yeah, it's a harder question because it's the First Amendment. Yeah, it's you, freedom of press. It's, it's a little bit different. The buddy. issue of targeted drone killings came up as well with Representative Adam Schiff calling for an annual report detailing all drone strike deaths. The director of the CIA, John Brennan, called it a worthwhile recommendation. But back to the NSA, today's hearing comes a few weeks after President Obama laid out a series of NSA reforms, including changing Section 215 of the Patriot Act, which underpins the NSA's domestic phone spying program. And nearby in the House Judiciary Committee, another hearing was underway that specifically honed in on these issues. It was here that David Medine of the Privacy and Civil Liberties Oversight Board explained how this sort of surveillance restricts Americans' civil liberties. We examined the privacy and civil liberties consequences of the program and found them serious because the program contains highly sensitive information. Uh, uh, citizens uh, are maybe chilled in, in uh, their associational rights and engaging with reporters or religious groups or political organizations, uh, knowing that the government is collecting information about them. And finally, we also learned from the hearing that members of Congress are having their own phone data swept up into the NSA's domestic phone spying program as well. Oh, oh. But that came hardly as a surprise since yeah. we know that virtually all Americans' phone data is collected by the NSA, according to the Snowden documents. Now that's the latest coming from Capitol Hill. I'm Sam Sachs, RT. Thanks, Sam. So what do you think? So Linux King raises the question. Do you think that perhaps Snowden was, is, uh, was assisted by the Russian government to do these leaks? We don't have any proof. Right. I mean, I could believe I mean, that he's getting assistance now. Yeah. I mean, obviously he's well done. I'm not he, saying he's he got in he trade got, for. Well, he's got amnesty, right? I mean, or right. Well, that's assistance in itself. But, yeah. I mean, just politically, just having him there is kind of good for them in some ways. I mean, it puts heat on them. It's not good in other ways. Sure. But sure. I, I don't. I don't necessarily believe he had because I think I don't, don't think it would. Obviously, he's a young guy. He's it, getting it, his early thirties. It wouldn't help his cause if if it was revealed as such. I think what happened is is he had a holy shit moment over a period of a couple of years and realized he was in a position to do something about something that's really fucked up. Yeah, and he, he decided to make the jump and make you know he obviously is a very smart person and he made the calculations and the thing is. I don't think he wanted to end up in Russia. That's another thing, too. Right. Judging by his travel plans and his right. arrangements, and the he fact didn't that want to go there. Greenwald, even today, was putting heat on the Brazilian government to get them to grant him asylum. He's trying to get to Brazil. 
So uh, he doesn't want to stay there either, which kind of gives credence to that. Right. Um, but it would not surprise me to find out that if, however he is being helped right now, the Russian government is, I mean, I, I would I kind of almost assume they're involved. It's kind of in their best sure. interest. Sure. At the same time, I don't I don't think they're, they're pulling information from him or he's giving information in right. exchange. Right. Just his matter of being there helps Russia go, see, see how effed yeah. up you are, U.S.? He claimed recently in an online chat that he doesn't have any of the documents anymore, that he, he gave them all away. So that way, I don't, do you believe that? That would be kind of unbelievable, Oh, he's right? got them on a Dropbox, right? <laughs> sure. Yeah, mean, he's got dedupe support, so that yeah, way he doesn't yeah, have yeah, yeah. Yeah. Uh, Well, there is, there is one clip I just wanted to play. Uh, speaking of uh, folks outside the U.S., here's an outside the U.S. perspective. We might have uh, put out all our ducks in a row and decided to hand off the metadata and not change a single other thing and then bring Admiral Rogers in to run the NSA. But other parts of the world... They're just going to go off on their own and maybe even spy on us a little bit more. More than 30 Latin American and Caribbean countries are declaring the region a zone of peace. They signed the agreement during a two-day summit in Cuba. The countries pledged to respect each other's right to choose their own political system. That's particularly important to Cuba, who has been criticized harshly for their one-party system. The U.S. was not invited to the summit, but it ha! remained a hot topic, especially for the recent surveillance operations. If spying is needed for the international community's security, I propose that we all spy on Obama and his government, <laughs> and then the world will be safe. This organization. Ouch, that's a little harsh. Well, is this turning into a Cold War 2.0? Oh, they all spy on everybody. Yeah, I mean, everybody right? spies on everybody. Yeah. Now they're just all talking yeah. about it in the open. Yeah. Uh, all right. So uh, this week I sat down and this is going to be a big show. Are you okay with that? You what? okay with the big there, show? Wait, there, wait, wait. This isn't a big show. Well, Usually, we're going to go. Are you implying, Chris, that the previous 83 episodes were not big? Oh, actually, like last week's was really pretty big. Yeah. So, <laughs> so. Okay, you're right. Okay. So hush up. All right, fine, fine. So, um, to you know, to help our international audience, yeah. I sat down and thankfully C-SPAN 2 actually aired this, so I was able to catch it. C-SPAN it was 2. one hour and 15 minutes where David Cameron, uh, sitting in London, talked with the Joint Committee on National Security Strategy. Mm, that sounds like thrilling action. Yeah, this first clip's the longest of the batch. Uh, it's an hour and 15 minutes, and I've pulled about four minutes of clips. Uh, what I want to kind of uh, cover on is sort of their take on a lot of the same issues you hear our politicians speak a lot about. So this first question is coming from the chair, uh, Margaret Beckett. She sounds like she's in the pocket of the defense industry based on the whole thing that I watched. I mean, she's always asking why we're not spending enough money. And so I guess recently there was some modest uh, budget reductions in the defense spending. And so she asked David Cameron how he plans to continue to expand the influence of the U.K., with budget cuts, and he responds. In the national security strategy itself, against the background of describing the rise of new global powers, shifts in the centers of economic activity, uh, the strategy still said there should be no reduction in influence for the UK. And in your most recent report that's just come out um, on the national security strategy, you talk about enhancing Mm. um, the influence, no, expanding the influence of the UK. we were concerned at the outset that, that no reduction in influence was unrealistic. When you say expanding now, do you mean spreading it ever thinner across the world? No, I don't. I mean, I, uh, I'd answer the question in two ways. I mean, first of all, if you look across our projection of power and influence, so that is the foreign office, international development, uh, defence, trade, 
I think you can definitely see that Britain is actually doing more. We've been opening embassies. We've been expanding our presence in India and China. I think we're one of the only European countries with a full embassy in every ASEAN nation. So uh, there's no doubt in my mind that part of our strategy is that we want to link up with the fastest growing parts of the world. We want to be an open and engaged power. So we're using all of what we have uh, to do that. But I would argue even in the area of defence, where, of course, the defence budget has come down uh, in real terms, not by a huge amount, but by uh, a small amount, even in the defence of defence, because we've made choices, fewer battle tanks in uh, Europe, but actually investment in things like drones and cyber and flexibility, I would argue that uh, there's been no reduction in, uh, no long-term reduction in Britain's uh, defence capabilities and uh, our... Um, the ability to you know, stand up for ourselves in important ways around the world. So I don't really... I mean, also, I also sort of reject the idea that you can only measure how engaged you are and how successful you are in projecting influence by how much money you spend. Um, I mean, no business goes about its, its life like that. We've got to make sure we get as much into the teeth uh, and as little into the tail of our, our <laughs> defence. And I, I would argue that the MOD under Philip Hammond's leadership has been pretty successful at that. So, I, again, I, I don't really accept the, the idea that because we're spending a little bit less on defence, we can't be uh, as uh, significant a defence player. Now, in this next line of questioning, uh, later on in the uh, hearing, uh, Baroness Taylor of Bolton is asking him several questions regarding what essentially to me sound like, how should the government be doing better propaganda in defense of, you know, in response to Snowden? And uh, Cameron says something here in this clip. Uh, it's a little long again. But this is the last, I think, the last long one. Is this boring, you think? It's, it's a little long, right? It's, well, it's a little dry. Yeah, because, it is. Because I, I, I think it, it requires yeah. you to actually sit and listen. listen. I know. And I said, so, but I wanted, this was a thing. It's important. Uh, yeah. But it's important. Yeah. You, you got to finish the story. Well, all right. Uh, so here, I'll play a little bit of this. Uh, so uh, here he says he believes that Snowden has done real harm. I mean, don't you think that there is um, potential danger that lack of public support for what a government might feel is essential to do in certain circumstances might be undermined unless there is a more robust defence of um, what could be needed and a better explanation. And shouldn't that be part of your planning when you're actually talking about your strategy? The strategy should not just be about the economic benefits, but actually about explaining it in a wider base. On wider I, I think basis. it's a very fair point. I think um, if you're saying... Should the Prime Minister, the Foreign Secretary, who's responsible for two of the intelligence agencies and the Home Secretary, who's responsible for another one, should the three of us do more to explain, defend, and uh, uh, give people a sense of why their work is so important? Yes, I agree with that. I think we, we should do more. If we're worried about damage, I mean, I'm worried about the damage that Snowden has done to uh, our security. I'm, I'm very worried about... Uh, what it's done, and I would encourage the newspapers that are you know, endlessly dallying in this to think before they act, because oh. you know, we are in danger of making ourselves severe danger, making ourselves less safe as a result. Newspaper no, no, is making no, us less no, safe. No, I, I call it self-inflicted damage. This is self-inflicted damage because you got. Now I don't know the constitution. If they have a constitution, in the nope. UK? Uh, what kind of rights that the the citizens of the UK? The press does not have the same rights right. that they have here. So. So I understand, you know, maybe there's more laws to be broken over there. I, I'm not sure, but – and I don't know about the, the privacy laws in the UK either. But that being said, how can they be so shocked about these possible security re, uh, breaches and risks 
when the government is spying on your citizens, yeah, spying on yourself. Did you think it's going to happen? Right. Yeah. I mean, you don't think yeah. eventually something like this bad would get out? I think okay. So here's the last clip we'll play, and I have some more in the supporter show too. If you guys want to, if you have, if you're a supporter and you have the BitTorrent sync, you can grab those. Uh, but this one's great, and this is one he's getting a little flack for. So I wanted to give it some airtime. He uh, was using TV TV drama, crime dramas, as sort of the justification for why the government needs to collect meta- metadata on everybody. I think we got across to people yet the absolute basics of this, which is, you know, in most of the serious crimes and sort of child abductions, comms data, who called who and when, and where was the telephone at the time, not the content of the call, the communications data is absolutely vital. And I think we need the police chiefs, the investigators and others and the politicians explaining what this is about. I mean, I love watching, uh, as I probably should stop telling people, you know, crime dramas on the television. There's hardly a crime drama where crime is solved without using the data of a uh, mobile communications device. So there you go. Duh. Figure it out, dummy. I'm so stupid. Figure it out. I'm stupid. All right, well, let's pick it back up by getting into some crazy Olympic uh, scare stuff. But first, I want to thank this week's new Unfiltered supporters, Chase, bringing us to a grand total of 345 Unfiltered supporters. And a thank you to Dalton R., Harry... Patrick N. And Nick A. Now, these Unfiltered supporters, after this is their first show, they became a supporter. They will now get a newsletter tonight. That newsletter includes yeah. download links for our supporter show. This week was a really good supporter show, didn't you think? Oh, it was good. There was some really good stuff that didn't quite fit into this show that uh, is actually very newsworthy. It's a yeah. really good supporter show, and it includes clips that don't make it in here. It includes some fun stuff. We had a good conversation on time travel, I yes, thought. That was yes, fun. I, and it actually kind of leaked into the start of the show. It was, it's, a, it was a very... it's a whole lot more show. In fact, right now, the yep. supporter show is clocking in an hour and now, 20 minutes. Now, Chris, not only did they get access to the pre-show, but they get access to the post-show mm-hmm. where we talk about some of the things that maybe we weren't able to cover during the show. Mm-hmm. And they get access to what is called an ex- a very, very exclusive piece of information called the BitTorrent Sync. Yeah, where we have the entire source for our show. Every clip, every note, every art asset, everything is there. And if you heard something, if we talked over something, if you want something for your own collection, if you just want to help us back up the important events that happened every single week, you can grab that and then you have it for your own. You, you know, I'm like, On your own server. You know, Chris, I like to say that we have a better archive than the NSA. Boom! We do. And we also have yeah. just the last five supporter show available via a separate BitTorrent sync, which works awesome on mobile because you can pull down just the episode you want. It's super fast, free BitTorrent Sync mobile app, and you can become part of our swarm. East Coast, West Coast, it doesn't matter. That's and you know the what's, best part. So what's great is this supporter system allows us to be ad-free. We don't have any sponsors. We don't have to be distracted by that. We only focus on the show. We focus on making our supporters happy. In fact, you know, the, the truth is some of the content about the UK doesn't play as well with right. our wider audience, but a good portion of our supporters you know, are outside the US, so that's why we focus and, on that. And, and you know, every week I know we get new people who, who jump in the chat room and then they and they jump in and listen to the show maybe for the first time and they and they they're familiar with Jupiter Broadcasting and and they figure yeah. all right well where's uh, sponsor X uh, you know hey because I love their stuff on Linux Action Show yeah yeah and the reason why we don't have sponsors on this show you guys is because this is the kind of show where a it, we you know it's to take from a good a good podcaster Adam Curry value for value right yeah. if you guys believe that we're providing a great value this, and service this show is- we want you to 
contribute back into that. It's a different type of show than the rest of the content. It is original content in the sense that this is a meta collection of the important events that we decide are important throughout the week based on various criteria. The things that really dent history that week, we collect them together and then present them to you in a narrative where they connect together and it explains to you what the hell's going on in your world this week. And that's something that's unique. And it's a, it is original content and its own creation. And there is value in that. And those supporters keep us on the air. And right now, it's 345 of you who are doing it. Yeah. And you can become an unfiltered supporter too just go over to jupiterbroadcasting.com click on any episode any recent episode of unfilter this is episode 84 and then just scroll down past the download links and we have our supporter buttons right there and you can help keep us on the air and as, as that number grows our ambitions for this show will grow oh yeah and that's one of the things where you know uh we can grow the show Whoa, I'm sorry. I didn't know I had all the Oh, you playing something up. over there? What well, you playing? I, I was bringing up some stories. Oh, about yeah, our next story. Yeah, yeah. it's a good one. Uh, but, the, but the thing is, you guys, you know, it, we can't do sponsors. It just won't work in this model. And the reason is really simple. You get a sponsor that jumps in. Uh, let's say they want to give us some cash and do the show, right? Well, now we have to start adjusting the stories that we deliver to you guys uh, and we actually start having to filter our stories. Well, we based just don't upon have to be in that position, right? I mean, because even if we weren't going to adjust the content of the show, I don't want to even have all to worry we, about the. Conflict. All we have to do is make sure that you 345 unfiltered supporters are satisfied with us. That's what we do. That's our goal. That's our show. You guys are our boss, giving us a performance review every single week. And when you guys, when you guys are there and you guys are doing it, you know that that encourages us to continue what we're doing. It helps not only this show grow, but the bro- uh, the network grow. And then uh, pretty soon at episode 100, uh, you'll be uh, spying in on us. All right, Chase. Well, let's shift gears because the Winter Olympics are about to kick off. You know, by the way, the Olympics are like uh, 16 you days know, long. If that gets us pulled from YouTube, I'm going to be so mad. There's no way. You never know. I'm just saying. <laughs> but I'm saying this. The, the, the Olympics are, the Winter Olympics are, I believe, 16 days. And then you have the Paralympic Games, which yeah. is in about a month after. Yeah. That means next week, episode 85, we'll be in the middle of the Olympic yeah. Games. Oh, yeah. It's going to be good, man. Uh, it's going to be so good. Once it actually turns into an actual sporting event, I don't know if it's. Uh... No, it's good. <laughs> okay. You, we got to watch the opening ceremonies, man. Uh, we got to. Uh, uh, all right, all right let's go to Brian. The opening Brian? ceremony is this coming Friday night. The yeah. games actually begin on Thursday, two days from now, with three early events in prime time. Yeah. As tourists and families of athletes arrive in Sochi, if they haven't been warned and if they fire up their phones at baggage claim, it's probably too late to save the integrity of their electronics dun, dun, and dun. everything inside them. Vis- now, we're going to have a whole bunch of different scare reports, but this, I think, is my favorite of all of them right here at the top. I okay. mean, I love the going after your gadget stuff. Yeah. And, and I, I was this the same clip that I sent to yeah, you? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I thought it was Visitors great. Visitors to Russia can expect to be hacked. What? And as Richard Engel found <laughs> oh, out upon oh, his shit, arrival Chris. there, it's not a matter of if, it's when? but when. Richard, good evening. Oh, God. Good evening, Brian. It is not just hacking. The State Department warns that travelers should have no expectation of privacy, even in their hotel rooms. What? And as we found out, you are especially exposed as soon as you try and communicate. Episode 84. Hold on, hold on, hold on. Sorry, soundboard's gotten all weird on me. Hey, Chris. Yeah. Uh, The the, the Winter Olympics uh, were four years ago in Vancouver. Yeah. Uh, Two years ago in the UK. Yeah. Uh, Now, I understand uh, that Canada and the UK (laughs) have internet. Internet, correct. Yeah. yeah. Um, I also assume, Chris, that they probably have open Wi-Fi access. Yeah, points. it's true. Um, uh, some of them are called free public Wi-Fi, and we all know they don't connect to those. So, um, at what point when you were watching this clip today, 
did you start thinking, this is so hypercritical. This all sounds like stuff the NSA does. Like, at what point did that start crossing well, your Because at this that, point in the clip, I'm already like, well, wait a minute. They're monitoring what you're doing at Wi-Fi access I mean, points I mean, and you that, don't have any privacy? I mean, that's, that's common sense, right? That's number one. Number two, you don't do anything over a public Wi-Fi unless you're, like, fully encrypted from right. the end, right? Yeah. But but third, thirdly, I mean, honestly, how many Americans are going to Russia? I, I Well, they're trying to get as little as possible all right, to go. But, but honestly, how I don't many, know. How Probably many quite a bit. Yeah, but Probably I quite a bit. I would say less than one percent of the American population. Oh, for sure, yeah. And if you're going to go, you wouldn't cancel your plans. I don't know, because two days. Yeah, two. You wouldn't. Yeah. you wouldn't be watching this story. You would yeah. already be there or on a plane. <laughs> That's true. Heading there. It's all just. It's all just propaganda. All Good just evening, play. Brian. It is uh. not just hacking. The what? State Department warns that travelers should have no expectation of privacy, even in their hotel room, even in their own country. Out, you are especially exposed. As soon as you try and communicate with anything. Even in America. (laughs) One of the first things visitors to Russia will do is log on. Yeah. Hackers here are (gasps) counting on it. Yeah. So we decided to find out how dangerous that can be. Oh, yes. Kyle. Hey. Hey. Welcome to Moscow. Hey, thanks. With the help of Kyle Wilhoit, a top American computer security expert. Oh. And two brand new computers. For the purpose of this experiment, all right. we start out with these. So dude's opening up right. uh, so, a, a MacBook Air, and he's just being such a clown about how he's opening this box, too. And, and now let me ask you this. Is he do, is he running any protections on this thing? Or is this just like virgin? They like, take a MacBook Air out of the box. All right, so it's so it's Mac running no no security, uh, right. nothing. Right. Yeah. Okay, yeah. yeah, and then and then they, well, they'll explain. We start out with these fresh machines. Fresh, and meaning no protection. see what happens when you... Turn them on in Russia. Exactly. Back in the U.S., Will Hoyt had created a fake identity for me. Phony contact lists with fake names and addresses. The only real detail, my name. So you're putting my profile on these computers. That's exactly right. With our new computers now loaded with potentially attractive data, we headed for a restaurant where we used a new smartphone to browse for information about the so- so this is like a Samsung Galaxy S4 or something they got now. And they're just in a coffee shop browsing the web. Okay. About the Sochi Olympics. Right. Almost immediately, we were hacked. So as you're going to it, did you see where it said downloading? Yeah, I did. Right. It's actually downloading a piece of malware. So it sounds like it downloads like an APK. Wait, wait. Uh, time out. But if he doesn't have side loading wait, turned wait, on. Wait, wait. Time, time out. Time out. Okay. We just talked about the laptop. Yeah. Where did that go? We'll go back to that. All right. Fine. Yeah, we go back. And then he's on a Galaxy S whatever. Four or something. Right. So or like a note or something. He never explained to us. Uh, was this his no- Was this his, his phone? They don't say that part. But this is just was this like- running a custom ROM with uh, uh, install <laughs> untrusted firmware? They, they don't even say what kind of the download was. But my assumption was he browses some website. They don't say what website, but he must have gone to some crazy site. He, it downloads an APK file. But you could down- you could go to that same website in the U.S. at a coffee shop. And actually, here's the other thing: when those download APK files, when you download them, they don't auto install. Right, exactly. They require user intervention to yeah. install. Yeah, and you've got to go into the settings and turn on uh untrusted sources yeah so okay continue with this awesome story so far right it's actually downloading a piece of malware malicious software hijacked our phone before we even finished our coffee no it didn't stealing my information no it's not and giving hackers the option to tap and record my phone calls anything i say on this will endanger my financial security maybe even my physical security even physical depending on who's listening exactly Kaspersky Labs, one of the largest computer security companies in the world, is charged with protecting the games. But experts here say visitors will bring so many devices, the hackers will have plenty of targets. 
all this needs protection, of course, because every, every segment of this huge, huge, huge infrastructure can be under attack. Back at the hotel, Will Hoyt was using specialized software to monitor my two computers. And sure enough, they'd also been hacked. You were able to tell yes. that very, very quickly somebody was poking around. Exactly. It had taken hackers less than one minute to pounce. Within 24 hours, they'd broken into both computers and started helping themselves to my data. So where is this information going? That computer in particular, the traffic is actually going to a server within Russia. American athletes and fans now coming to Russia by the thousands are entering a minefield the instant they log on to the Internet. The best way to protect yourself, Brian, is actually quite simple. If you don't really need a device, don't bring it. Try and avoid the public Wi-Fi. And if there's anything particularly and uniquely important on your computer or phone, banking information, photographs, remove it before coming to Russia. Americans, other visitors, as they say, have been warned. Richard Engel in Sochi, we'll see you Travelers have been warned, Chase. How, do you, are you scared, Chase? <laughs> Would you, let me ask you something. Let me ask you a legitimate straight-up question. All right, hold on. Wait, let me put on my legitimate straight-up face. If, if we were going to send you to Russia to be like the unfiltered correspondent for the Winter Games, would you bring your HTC One? Absolutely. I would too. I wouldn't have a problem with it. Yeah. I would, I, maybe I might turn off Bluetooth and Wi-Fi, but I just do that when I'm traveling anyways. Yeah. Just to be safe, it doesn't matter where I'm I, traveling. All right. I mean, first off, they've done tests he, even here in the States. If you plug a, a computer straight into the internet uh, that doesn't have any antivirus, that doesn't have any firewall, you turn all that off, right. yeah, your computer's probably going to get all raped. You yeah, know, it's yeah. going to get screwed up. It's going to get, uh, uh, what is it? What's the unintrusive protection well especially on a if you're on like a hotel network where you could have a lot of machines on the land right i I, but that could be a hotel in denver so so he talks about two fresh laptops that have just been set up they don't explain anywhere in the story i I guess i feel like you could take this same analysis and and just frame it as at the super bowl and all the details would still pretty much be the same if you'd make all these dumb mistakes yeah what about uh, i mean uh, denny tech and the chamber what about airport wi-fi i mean you've gone around downtown cities and quarters what about Free the, public Wi-Fi? What about the Canadian airport? What about the Canadian airport where they were just sniffing up? Uh, what about the London games? Where was the story for that? Right. Where was that story for the well, Vancouver or games? Let's let's revisit this conversation in six months when it comes out. What kind of public uh, violations were ha- were done in the name of the Super Bowl security? I guarantee you. Did you hear about the guy? By the way, at past Super Bowls, they, the NSA was monitoring everybody's text messages in like a hundred mile radius. Did you hear about the guy who used uh, fake credentials to get in uh, to the e- uh, to get into the Super Bowl? Uh, and he actually um, uh, at- seriously. No, you, did, didn't, you didn't hear no. about this. No. All right. So I, I'm not huge on the Super Bowl. I, you know, I'll have it ready for the for the supporters show. Okay. Uh, but basically, this guy who uh, basically used an old credential that looked similar yeah. to what they were using at the yeah. Super Bowl. Was he doing sign it, language? No, no. <laughs> but he made it through multiple layers of security and actually made it to one of those player interviews during live on 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 ESPN. And he took the opportunity to push his agenda. He grabbed uh, the player's mic, uh, and it was live. Oh, uh, and wow. he, he was eventually arrested. You know, but he got through all that layers he, of security. I bet he didn't get a hot dog, man. If I got into the Super Bowl like that, I'd still get a hot dog. I got a Super Bowl, like, number one thing on my list. Yeah, no, it's just that, you know when when you hear these stories, 
Okay. All right. Well, Chase. Ah, Chase. If God, the, if the cybersecurity thing didn't scare you enough, oh no. Maybe you need to consider the fact that the elitist of the elites Uh-oh. aren't going to the games either. What? This morning, Chinese President Xi Jinping is on his way to the Winter Olympics in Sochi. He's set to meet with Russian President Vladimir Putin. But as Mark Phillips reports, President Xi is one of the few world leaders planning to show up for the games. Mark is in Sochi this morning. Good morning to you, Mark. Good morning, Gail. Well, the Olympic Games open in two days' time, but the political games are well underway and just won't stop. Closer and closer it gets. The torch has made it to Sochi. At some point, hopefully soon, these Olympics will be about sports. But for now, the blizzard of politics won't stop blowing. President Putin laid on the charm again, breaking into English as he welcomed the IOC to Ready for some Putin English? Dear friends, ladies and gentlemen, let me declare the 126th session of the International Olympic Committee open. Thank you. But Putin's games are not being held in a vacuum of sporting purity. They rarely are. Russia has baggage. It's perceived anti-gay law its position supporting the regime in Syria, its harboring of the CIA leaker Edward Snowden. They've all meant a lot of important people have found reasons not to be here. No President Obama or senior administration official. No David Cameron from Britain or Francois Hollande from France or Angela Merkel from Germany. Instead, low-level delegations are being sent. In the U.S. case, a not-so-subtle statement made with well-known gay personalities Billie Jean King and Brian Boitano. That kind of response got a bit of an unwelcome lecture here from the IOC's new head, Thomas Bach. Have the courage to address your disagreements in a peaceful, direct political dialogue and not on the backs of the athletes. Politics have often intruded in the Olympics. The Black Power salute in Mexico City, the Western boycott of Moscow in 1980. Ours will not go. Mark Phillips. The tit-for-tat Russian boycott of Los Angeles. The news of the Soviet pullout from Los Angeles appeared. The games here, too, are not all played on ice and snow. The actual competitions, well, preliminary ones anyway, will begin tomorrow, a day ahead of the big opening ceremony, which we're told will feature a celebration of Russian history. So, Nora, Charlie, Gale, Listen to Charlie no politics here. there. Thank you, yeah. Mark. Love that cameo. Miss the mustache. It's interesting that China's going. Yeah, very interesting. Politically. Yeah. Geopolitically. Isn't that, isn't that an interesting kind of, like geopolitics. Isn't that just an interesting kind of, I don't know, that just caught my attention. Uh, now, a little bit more scary, and then we'll uh, get going here. Oh. I'm Wolf Blitzer. You're in the Situation yes! Room. Wolf! This is CNN Breaking News. Yeah. We've got breaking news. We're following word of a possible new terror threat only hours before the start of the Winter Olympic Games in Sochi, Russia. Do you know what it is, Chase? What is the new terror threat? Only hours. Breaking news. By the way, second day in a row, CNN has done breaking terrorism news. I got it. It's Colgate. The United States is advising airlines with direct flights to Russia to be aware of toothpaste or cosmetic tubes that could be concealing explosive materials. That's right, Chase. Watch out for toothpaste. So now all fluids are out. No small containers. It's out. It's out. It's out of here, Chase. You know what, you guys? Don't you feel safe now? Now, uh, so there have been some specific threats laid down 
by U.S. officials. Very specific. And American officials say there are specific threats targeting the Sochi Winter Olympics this morning. President Obama was told all appropriate steps are being taken. The nation's head of counterterrorism spoke to the House Intelligence Committee about what the United States is bracing for. The greater danger from a terrorist perspective is in the potential for attacks to occur outside of the actual venues for the games themselves in the area surrounding Sochi. There are a number of, of, of specific threats of varying degrees of credibility that we're tracking. This is what we expected. It's what we saw uh, in the run-up to prior Olympic Games and prior events like these. Olympic officials say two Austrian athletes received a kidnapping threat. Oh, there it is. The security team will be with them any time they leave the Olympic Village. So that's the specific threat, two uh, kidnapping threats. Now, of course, Erin Burnett's back. She's back, Uh, baby. I love chicken. And uh, she wants to talk to Mike, our buddy. Up front. About uh, what his specific concerns are. So you've just raised a few points, but when you say from outside the region, obviously, you know, outside uh, the, the, the Chechen, uh, Dagestan area, are you talking about al-Qaeda? I mean, or what other threats do you have? Well, there are uh, al-Qaeda and al-Qaeda affiliates. Of course, of course. Uh, Always we got a little other there. Network affiliates. That, uh, that uh, fit the terrorist profile. Other groups that fit a terrorist profile. Okay. We've been reporting on the, the so-called black widows in Russia, you know, female suicide bombers um, who, who want to die, who embrace that. How big of a threat are black widows to the Olympics? What about lone wolves? <laughs> I know. It's, you know what? Black widows is a way cooler name than lone wolves. Yeah, I know. Ah, well, extremely, and I'll tell you too. why. I mean, the, the very recent... He says extremely. Well, extremely, and I'll tell you why. I mean, the, the very recent bombing uh, in Russia was uh, someone who fit that description. And so you have... Uh, I mean, it just it ramps up the game. So they tend to be younger. Uh, they are clearly committed. Hot. Uh, you know, being a woman Available. helps in some cases on the security front. Uh, and so it poses Download a very real danger uh, when it comes to finding one of those security gaps that they are going to probe for and look for. Uh, and again, they're not looking uh, to blow up the entire uh, a venue event. They're looking for small but impactful murderous events. A murderous event, Chase. Watch out for a murderous event from the Black Widows. Oh, my gosh. Now, uh, you know, Olympic security, one could argue, is so damn tight that maybe the terrorists have already won. Drew McKay, who has consulted on security at six Olympics, says as a result of Munich and 9-11, we now can't go to an Olympics without having a security blanket placed over us, without multiple layers of security screening. Security at each Olympics costs hundreds of millions of dollars, and security resources are diverted from other areas that then become vulnerable. For those reasons, he says, the terrorists have in some measure won. Now... I've said this before. So this is really about this is really about making Russia look bad, right? Because yeah. we don't like their stance in Syria. We don't like that they've been working with some people that we don't like. They don't like the whole Snowden situation. And this is really about Russia sort of reestablishing itself as a world power. That's why they're that's why they're slamming Putin. That's why they're. I mean, in my opinion, this looks like a really big effort on the media's part to just try to reduce Russia's time in the sun as much as possible. Make I just I think of... they're hoping. I think they're hoping to just paint them as. As buffoons, like there's a, one one Chris, thread I didn't get into is there's all these reports of hotels that have bad Chris, water and, Chris, and shared toilets. Chris, and um, do you have the uh, the bacon button? Yeah, you want to fry a little? Yeah, I, I'm actually gonna fry some. Uh, I don't usually fry some, and I'm and I'm very scared to fry some. Can you tell us where this bacon's from? But this way? is actually mail order bacon. Yeah, yeah, from a farm in Omaha. Oh, and it came with my steaks and a note from Peyton Manning. 
Thanks, no. thanks for Omaha. No, it's Omaha steak. Football, football jokes. Omaha steak. He says Omaha. You when can he's at pay the line. for it with Glide. He says Omaha when he's using at the line Bitcoin of, at the line of scrimmage. He goes Omaha, Omaha. Anyway, um, I'm afraid for saying this because I don't want this to happen. I don't want to see any lives endangered. However, here's my conspiracy bacon theory. Lay it on me, Chase. What if after all this buildup, uh huh, and you know I've said it on the show that you know nothing's going to happen. Yeah. What if they make something happen? Now, you think? What if they make something happen to prove their point? I mean, I, I, I don't want to have. I don't want it. I don't want to put it in the red book. I don't want it to happen. I yeah. want to be abundantly clear. However, with such a, we've we've never seen a buildup like this, Chris. I think. Oh, I don't know. This, I, think, I mean, for this, for the big games. Well, that's just because there's just so much Russian propaganda that we've been pushing for so long. I know. It's sort of been a multi. It's been know, like a year what in if, the works. But what if there is some operatives to make something think, happen but, to make Russia look bad because they I think quote unquote happen. relaxed on security? My prediction is, as the games start, they'll pivot from the security element. It'll still be a background story, but they'll talk more about the disastrous states of the hotel rooms. Right. They'll talk more about the facilities not being ready. They'll talk more about how backwater some of the Russians are. You know, things that have more flair of racism to them. Whereas this uh, so far has been sort of like a subtle version of racism that we don't even realize what, we're doing. What, you know, and uh, you know, what, racism. We, the right? we saw the tweet, We saw the tweet about the LGBT rights and stuff. What that if, was in the supporter show. Supporter show, but we saw a tweet about that. Yeah. What if? What if something happens terribly in in that arena? I'm not saying maybe a terrorist act, but yeah. maybe something very very public during the games towards maybe a gay athlete. Or, well then, I mean, so anything. I mean, I'm just, I'm just, I don't want it to happen. I want to be abundantly clear here, but it's, I mean, there's been such again, a build you're up saying on this. intentionally happens, like in order I'm, to I'm flare the issue, exactly flare it up to to make I, to either one of two things, either to make Russia really so. really look bad. Here's why I don't think. Yeah, go so. ahead. Go ahead. I think the Russians have this buttoned up. I think they've got the security thing pretty well handled. And right. I think uh, – so here's another thing, and the only reason I, – I couldn't really think of a way to encapsulate this in a few clips. Mm-hmm. Uh, but really what I have been picking up from the from the U.S. officials is they are butthurt over the fact that Russia wouldn't engage in an intelligence sharing program with the U.S. for the security. Yeah. They, they, Russia has intelligence in place, and they're not sharing – they're not doing a back and forth with the U.S., and that pissed them off. So that started them pushing with their um, – I don't know, cohorts in the media, yeah. whatever you want to call yeah. them, to, to to trash their security. And I believe that's where it's coming from. And they're trying to get less people to go there to so people spend less money, people find out less about Russia. I think it's all about getting – I think it's all about trying to kill as much uh, um, travel. I'm trying to think, what's the travel? What do you uh, – I, I know what you mean. Tourism. Yeah. They're trying to kill as much of the tourism um, revenues as possible. But here's the thing, right? If they're trying to cure as much of the tourism revenues as possible, Brian Williams going on the news a day or two days before the yeah. Olympics wouldn't change. If I just spent $5,000— Well, you got to understand something about Brian Williams. Who's running the Olympics? Who's going to have it on TV? NBC. And what news network was Brian Williams on? NBC. Right. So for him, it's just nothing but straight-up advertising for the Olympics. So, so it's reverse advertisement. In a sense, yeah, you, are, you might watch because you want to see what's going to happen. Maybe you're not interested in the sports, but you want to see if anybody's going to blow I, up. I, I, I just, I'm not trying to be paranoid. I, I'm just saying, you know, if it feels like the U.S. and is so hell bent to to try to show up that hey, Russia, you were so bad, yeah, that you know, look, people are hacking phones. Look, look, you know, you're 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 harboring. Well, a, I, we would be doing the same thing, um, you know, ten times, tenfold if this was happening in China or something like that, right? I right. mean, can you only imagine? 
Yeah, but we weren't like this when the Olympics were in London. And I wonder, like, if uh, if if the Olympics were here, would RT be running uh, like specials uh, on our prison populations and how we treat how we treat our gay populations? Well, if, the, I if mean, Seattle gets the Olympics in about twenty years, which I know they're going to try to bid for, God, uh, that you know, we'll see. I'm going to move somewhere else. No, that would be awesome. Oh, you're crazy. Olympics are awesome. You're crazy. No, I know. I am crazy, but I don't. So my prediction is nothing will happen, but we'll right. still get a lot of other huff and puff about stuff. All right, I'm not even. I don't want to put it in the red book. I yeah, just, I I don't want it to happen. I, I'm just saying. Well, I, now you know if something does happen, you're going to think somebody did it on purpose. How can I not? Yeah. How can I not? Because of all the buildup. So what? There, yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, yeah. I mean, Russia's really got like this. They have this like iron steel around like this huge, yeah. massive area. With, I know. I know. I mean, and if anything happens, or they call it Ring of Steel. That's what they call it, Ring of yeah, Iron. You know, if steel. anything happens, what will happen is there'll be some sort of like, well, that's because of private security, or you know, well, we weren't responsible for that particular edit, you know, area and stuff. I mean, who knows? But we'll see. Yeah. We'll see. We'll see. Yeah. Uh, all right. Well, uh, we got to wrap up. We're our internet connection keeps dropping in and out. So <laughs> I know it's it's. This is a recorded show. What are you talking about, man? Well, the live stream is going crazy. It's distracting. Uh, I but I want to read an email. So why don't we read an email for Gary? You got uh, that? Yeah, I got the email here. This comes in from Nexus with a two X's and a Z for double the dose. Uh, hey, Chris and Chase, y'all should not be confused about being called right wing when Obama is on or left wing when conservatives are on. In spite of what the song says, things are not just black and white. You are right of Obama, but left of conservatives. I believe this is why you are able to resonate with so many and people continue to listen, y'all. There is logic and accountability that is not found elsewhere. By the way, I'm a supporter from the 1333 era, and I truly believe that more shows like this are greatly needed. I am trying to get my mother and one of my aunts to listen to the show. They are about as left as you can get without falling over. But most of the time, logic is just too much for them, and all they want to do is leave and just watch their shows, MSNBC, ABC, and CNN. My mom says that George Snuffleupagus is cute, but she has never seen Chris's hair. Oh, well, there Keep you go. Keep up the great work. I didn't even read that part. That's funny. Uh, so, uh, although, you know, he still kind of labeled us a little bit yeah, there. We're, uh, here's, you know, I th- I've been thinking about this. I'm just always People are always trying to pin us down, like, as a political side. And, Chris, you know, Chris, are you left or right? Go. Here's what I think. I Here's why I think I might actually be really, I think I have, I think I individual concepts and ideas I might agree with that certain political parties, certain sides agree with, but I think I kind of take a mix. Yeah. Um, but I, I myself am a little. I do lean probably, if anything, a little libertarian because I'm more about hey, just let people do what they want with some with with some guidance, with some walls and some some tracks. But it goes back to what I think is I used to be one of those geeks who had zero interest in anything except for tech news. Yeah. You know, like I didn't follow regular news, I didn't follow political news. If it was only tech and it was deep dive into tech. And I had no interest. And then I like became a parent. I got screwed by the housing bubble. Like all of these things, nine eleven, all these things start happening that make you go, thank you. That make you start going, what is going on, right? And so I started becoming sort of self informed on the news. 
And from following the news, you once you get to the important things that happen in the news, a lot of times that's related to politics. Right. So then you start following politics. And then so I came at it originally from a fairly political agnostic standpoint. I didn't come at it from a religious background where I might be right wing. I didn't come at it from a hippy dippy like hippie home where I might be really crazy progressive. I came at it from a geek who wanted to shut it all out and didn't have any interest in it at all. And so I think that kind of left me for a lot of my formative years fairly unbiased. Uh, fairly unbiased i think you would hope i mean we all we all say in retrospect we hope we would be and you know i i try to be and you know that's 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 one of the things when i give my opinions obviously you know their opinions right you know we're we're throwing out the the recordings of the the reporters and news networks yeah and then we're commenting and and we're giving our insights and you know it's it, it helps you get to know us but one of the things that makes uh us so unique you know chris and i you know we we have our disagreements we have our agreements, and it's one of those situations where, you know, we—I I feel that we're, you know, you guys and us, you know, together, we're smarter uh, than the rest. Right. It's uh, a collective than, intelligence too, because yeah. we have got the chat room going on. We have the people who email us in. We have our supporters, and we have the unfilter subreddit. Yeah. And all kind of. What's one of the so uh, when when I was thinking about the concept of the show, I really thought, God, we have a home turf advantage because we come from the internet we are of the internet whereas yeah. all of these other media systems well, we, that are in place are trying to use the internet we also know how to go out there and try to look for both sides of the same right. story i mean yeah the proof is in the pudding go back and look at the the back links of all the stories that we submit if you're a supporter you have that available very so, easily And i would argue though that even if we somehow get something really right wing or something really left wing Community isn't like, let's go stand in front of a plasma screen and display hashtags for us. Community is literally the lifeblood of like the process of forming the show. Yeah. And that stuff gets caught. And then we do follow-ups and corrections, whereas in the regular mainstream media, you wouldn't ever see that, too. Yeah. No, it's so true. even So even in, this, even in this kind of case, sometimes biases have a way of getting washed out to a sense if the audience is intelligent and if the community is engaged. And that is the case with this show, for sure. Yeah, absolutely. And then it goes back to our supporter segment where... You know, we're we you guys help us remain accountable. Word chase word. Yeah. So if folks want to get a hold of us, go over to jupiterbroadcasting.com, click the contact link, and then choose the unfilter show. Yeah, we'd from love the to hear down. from you. That'd you can also start up a thread in our subreddit. Where is that subreddit chase? Hey, you know, it's it's an easy address to remember. Just head over to unfilter.reddit.com, and uh, there you can submit stories. You know, engage in the conversation there. There's lively stories that are there's a lot more than what can fit in the show oh yeah there's so much more and that's the best part and uh, this is the time of the show where i make a prediction to how many subscribers or readers there are to our subreddit now chris uh what was my prediction for last last week chase you predicted that we would reach 1115 reddit subscribers well i you know i it's one of those things that i really hate to disappoint because last week i barely came in at the wire yeah like literally as we were signing off literally as we were signing (laughs) off Well, guess what, Chris? What? We blew through it. What? 1,122. All right, so what do you want readers. to do for next week? That's 22. That's, do you want to just go to 25? Just bring it up? To... No, I'm going to I'm gonna get crazy. Dude. You don't want me to get crazy? No, go for it, man. I mean, it's your call, man. Well, it's you know, it's, these are magic numbers. Do it. All right. 11.33. That's good. Wow, that's big, though. I know. It's 11 more. All right. So I'm... all you got to do, hey, you guys just tell one friend, have them sign up. They don't even have to read it. Mm-hmm. Just have them sign up. Go to unfilter.reddit.com. There's really even more in there than we can put in the show. So oh, if you, some of the stuff has tickled your fancy. Go find more. Even if you're in the chat room right now, go to unfilter.reddit.com. Now, Chris, uh, during the course of the day, I know you kind of stayed off of Twitter because of all the Seahawks coverage, but 
If you're on Twitter and you're throwing out your ideas on 140 characters or less, twitter.com slash Chris L A S. How simple? How simple is that? Like for Linux Action Show? You got it, buddy. What about you? Are you on that Twitter? Yeah, you know what? And I gave everybody three more characters to use. You did, yeah. At Nunes, N U N E S. What if instead of reading what you have to say, I wanted to watch you? You can watch me at geekgamer.tv. We do gaming, technology, Minecraft, and so much nice. more. Everybody, come over here and join us live over at jblive.tv. We are yeah. live on a Wednesday at 6 p.m. Pacific. Usually go to jupiterbroadcasting.com slash calendar to find it in your local time. Yes, and now don't forget, you guys, you can also become a supporter and join us for the post show. That's where you right. will get delivered right to your inbox. But until then, see you right back here next week. <laughs> <laughs>